here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105 FM in Mokopane. Welcome back. It's uh, 2.42 on uh, SAFM. The one thing that remains constant is the impact uh, the Delta variant is having on uh, the COVID-19 situation in South Africa because just yesterday we recorded 16,302 new confirmed COVID-19 infections and 151 deaths. That was yesterday alone, bringing the official death toll to 64,289. Why are we not getting control of it. Professor Wolfgang Preiser is the head of medical virology at uh, the Stellenbosch National Health Laboratory Service. Prof, good afternoon. Thank you so much. Delta is not relenting. Unfortunately, it isn't. And uh, it's catching us at a time when uh, we are now in the midst of winter. Um, We are also seeing a lot of uh, behavior that is conducive to the spread of respiratory infections. Um, And um, so it's cold, people are inside, there is uh, mass gatherings where they shouldn't be, um, and we are now dealing with a virus variant that is unfortunately very easily transmitted from person to person. Why is it so fast as compared to all of the others? How come Delta is as fast as it is to transmit? To be honest, we don't have a full picture of that. We are still working on on, on trying to find out why it is so contagious. But it's a pattern that has uh, repeated itself all over the world, wherever Delta has arrived. It it simply, it gets to a place and then it takes over there uh, very rapidly and basically also pushes the other viral variants aside. So we've, we've been the latest example that I know of, but before it's happened in the UK, it's happening in continental Europe. And within a few weeks, you know, it, it, it tends to, to take over. And unfortunately, in, in contrast to the Northern Hemisphere, who are now enjoying their summer and, of course, who are also far uh, further ahead with their vaccination programs, um, we, we don't really have an advanced vaccination program that would put up a defense. Mm. Uh, we are now in winter experiencing our third wave, so it's a, it's quite a bad combination of factors coming together. But then there's this urban legend, if you may, that is going around, because I suppose we're also confused. People just say things. But some people are saying uh, even the casualties come a lot quicker for people who end up, uh, you know, uh, dying from uh, uh, the Delta variant. Some people, for example, are saying you don't even stay in the hospital for that long a time if you end up in the hospital. Uh, you know, you are in there for two or three days as opposed to uh, previously where people would stay in the hospital for a 14-day period and then it takes you. Is that a fact? We don't know yet. There are a number of things that we're also still trying to find out. So I don't think there is much argument any longer that this is a particularly infectious virus. Mm. Um, But what we don't really know is whether it actually uh, presents differently as clinical illness. There are are some reports from also from the UK specifically, uh, but also now from Gauteng that people have more of a, a common code-like illness with a runny nose mm. and, you know, the, the typical symptoms, which are not so typical for COVID as we knew it. Uh, also, apparently, uh, less commonly losing their sense of smell and taste, which was in the in the past quite a good 
uh, a marker actually for having COVID. Mm. Now it seems to be less common and, and one has to keep these things in mind. So basically a patient who is presenting and, and saying, no, I can still smell and taste yeah. doesn't mean they don't have COVID. But we are still working out because many things change at the same time. There are different population groups affected. Um, and uh, in the Northern Hemisphere, for example, um, the, the, the elderly population is now largely vaccinated. So mm. we are seeing a shift towards the younger people. And maybe these younger people would have experienced it differently before. Yeah. In terms of clinical severity, which is a, a big problem, how, how bad is the illness? Again, we don't really have a very good handle on it. In the Northern Hemisphere, in, in, in Europe specifically, uh, the uh, um, hospital admissions and, and death cases are not rising at the same rate mm. as the cases of infection. Yeah. Um, and of course, we have to acknowledge there's always a delay. It always takes you know, 10 days, two weeks before you see the hospital admissions rise and then people are in hospital for some, some period of time. Um, I wonder, you know, we, we, we still have to find out because many factors play into it. And of course, we mustn't forget that the busier the healthcare system is, the, the less well people tend to do. It's simply because everything is overstretched and patients that are critically ill may not receive the attention that they need. Yeah. Simply because there's not enough staff to, to go around and, and facilities are, are really at the limit. So that is also something which plays into, you know, how well patients do once they are admitted. And, and lastly, uh, Prof, uh, you know, there's still in some quarters a reluctance to get vaccinated. I had a conversation uh, with the Department of Education here last week where about 10,000 or so teachers were saying, well, you know, we haven't heard enough information on the vaccines for us to even vaccinate. Um, you know, is the non-pharmaceutical intervention at this point still uh, one of the best ways to go? And what would you say to people to encourage the ones that are reluctant to get vaccinated? vaccinated and they qualify to vaccinate yeah to 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 start with the with the first question it's actually both um, even when vaccinated we know that there are so-called breakthrough infections so mm. it's not like a, you know you can now rest and and live your life like yes. you did before the pandemic yes so for the time being um you know and, and looking at the the pictures from the soccer matches now you know that makes my hair stand up because I really, you know, wouldn't want to see tens of thousands of people so closely together, nobody wearing masks, not keeping distances, uh, shouting and screaming and, you know, generating aerosols and droplets. Um, I think they will, they will see that numbers of infections and cases of illness will go up. So that is not good. We, we still have to, for the time being, need to do both, get vaccinated. And remember, it takes time. Only after the second dose of the vaccine will you have a good immune response that gives protection and it's not perfect. So one would still have to abide by these rules and do all the non-pharmaceutical interventions. Thank you. As regards the vaccination itself, may I quickly say something about that? Yes. The, the vaccines? Yeah, I, I, of course, I'm, I'm biased. I, I have to say, I, I, I actually got my shot of the Johnson Johnson during a clinical trial at the end of last year already. And I was very happy when I had some side effects from that because it told me that I had the virum and not the placebo. So um, 
I think this is extraordinary in terms of the speed with which these vaccines were developed and how many of them work so well. Um, The safety is extraordinarily good, so there is no reason whatsoever not not to to go for the vaccine. Unfortunately, time is no longer on my side, Prof, but thank you very much. Professor Wolfgang Preiser is the head of uh, medical virology at the Stellenbosch National Health Laboratory Service.